0: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the BMW Life. That's boss life, mom life, wife life. And I am your host, Serena Moore Thomas, destroyer of comfort zones, speaker, author, entrepreneur, homeschooling mama. Yeah, doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But guess what? I want to show you how to find your rhythm, how to discover your God-given purpose, and how to do this thing called life with less grind, girl, and more grace. I promise you, you are in for a treat. Grab your notebook, something to write with, and let's get into it. It was so nice we had to do it twice. Yep, this is part two of my interview with Mr. Daryl Bennett. Uh, it's comeback swinging part two. If you did not listen to the first part of this interview, I highly, highly recommend that you go and listen to part one. We discussed Daryl's phenomenal story of resilience everything from being um, graduating the top of his class and going to Harvard Law School to being uh in federal prison and writing books and traveling the world and I mean all kinds of things are are in the the episode but I promise you there's so many takeaways so make sure you have your notebook and something to write with and listen in on part two of this interview where we get a little bit more into Daryl's book which you can find on Amazon it's also available in the description so you can uh, go ahead and visit amazon Amazon to grab this book come back swinging okay can't wait to hear your review on this one so yeah I thought like we could do this the second part to dive a little bit more into some of the concepts of the book now I'm going to tell you now, comeback swinging is a page turner. Like literally you can pick it up and not be able to put it down. And because it's just so, it's so well-written, it just, the transparency, Daryl, seriously, you are, um, you you are extremely brave, um, in being able to share the way that you um, the way that you're sharing in the book, I, and I, I can hear your heart. Um, there are parts in the book where I wanted to I wanted to hug little Daryl. I want I wanted, I wanted to come rescue little young young Daryl. Like I just had so many different emotions, you know, just reading through the story. Then I wanted to be there, like when you when you announced that you got uh, accepted at harvard i wanted to be there like that i know that's right yeah yeah clap it up (laughs) i wanted to be the hype man for you (laughs) i'm telling you i was experiencing the book and anybody that knows me knows i am much more of an audiobook person than an actual turn the page person because I say, you know, over a certain amount of pages, I need to see the movie um, because, <laughs> and, and the way that they write is just, I can't follow it. It's just too much fluff, but you get right to it. and And I love it. And not so much just the stories, but... Um, but the the concept that so many people can relate to, and I certainly related to quite a bit of it. Um, so for those that are listening, we are just you just get to listen to our conversation yet again. If you did not hear part one of my interview with um, the wonderful Mr. Daryl Bennett, then you need to go back and listen to that, and then you'll be caught up. Okay. Otherwise. We are going to talk a little bit today about um, about resilience and identity. Like these are like two things that I think the the our audience today could really benefit from us diving into a little bit more, um, Daryl. And so the book that I'm talking about is Comeback Swinging it is available on Amazon. You can definitely go and download it. I've recommended highly, highly recommend that you go and download your copy like today. Um, but you spoke about in the beginning of the book, Daryl, um, about learning to be two different people. Right. And, um, in in the introduction, you guys have already heard about you know your accomplishments and just those things being worn as a badge of honor. God, I relate to that so much. But if we can dive into that a little bit more, like you know you you have this child prodigy like story, right? You talk in the book about being able to you know spell refrigerator by like two or three. You know you <laughs> you're just an, an overachiever from the beginning, and I and I can see why with the mama you had um, teaching you. Um, but could you just talk a little bit more about when that became very apparent that you were living, like learning to be two, two, two different people?
1: Yeah. And thanks again, Serena, for having me and for everyone that's going to, going to listen to this, you know, um, you know, I would, I would say to that, that, um, You know, sometimes our greatest strength can also be our greatest weakness. It's like the other side of the the coin. Mm -hmm. Um, The the strength is that I I had so many different experiences as a child, uh, growing up in different places and seeing different things. Um, So I learned to be versatile. Mm-hmm. I learned to connect with different cultures, uh, different groups of people. Some of that is a God-given instinct that I've been given, but some of it is, is my experience, you know, leaving uh, Baltimore when I was 13 years old, going to a total different high school. Uh, even when I was in Baltimore, I went to three different middle schools. So I had to learn quickly how to adapt to people, situations, circumstances, because my parents split up when I was younger, which is a lot of people's stories, um, the way he ran his house was completely different than the way my mom ran her house so even learning the uh cultural uh fluency so to speak or you know knowing what's going to work with mama and what's going to work with daddy and what's going to work in the contexts of uh, you know when i'm in a church setting versus when i'm in a school setting versus when i'm over certain people's homes but the the the, the negative side to that is that um Sometimes you, I found that I was doing so much, I lost the core of who I was. I was so interested in fitting in and adapting to the environment, which while is a great strength on one end, the other sense is, okay, but who are you? Right. Um, The older I got, the more that I realized that there were different aspects of myself that even I was uncomfortable with. And I was keenly aware that other people not only just didn't want to know it, they wanted to pretend it wasn't there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So then begins the game of pretend. I think like a lot of us play, mm-hmm. um, but I'm more self-aware of that at least now. This sense of, well, if they don't want to see that aspect of me, I won't show it. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. And that pretended, oh my goodness. So yeah. And and just to give it, you know, if you haven't read the book, which you need to do, um, you know, Daryl talks very, very um, explicitly about just, the, just those two, you know, the two houses, right? The two uh-huh. living in two different houses, being um, exposed to two different worlds. A mom that's like military, she no joke, she on it. And then dad that's is right. loose living, uh, doing whatever, you know. <laughs> you know it's the party house and then you you know you have this i gotta be this good christian boy and then i have to be this you know this for them that for them that for them and the younger that happens and that's just such a just a trick of the enemy isn't it just like the enemy to get that early to be confused about like who we are who we should be what we should do and Um, And you, and you talk, you talk about that. And then that actually sticks with you a little bit as you get older. And I think with a a lot of us, that's, that becomes the, the issue we're trying to please everybody. And you don't come out and say, yeah, hi, my name is Serena and I'm a people pleaser. it it comes out in in your actions and ultimately it shows in how you value yourself.
1: (laughs) And, you know, it's like I heard a pastor say, God is not going to bless who you pretend to be. Come on. we spend so much of our lives trying to be, first of all, what we thought other people wanted us to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, And second of all, what what we kind of, this image we had in our mind rather than navigating things right where they are. Mm -hmm. You know, something else, because I know that, a lot of the people that listen to this are people who are uh, people of faith, people who uh, believe um, that God has a plan for them. And we spoke a lot of that about that in the first time. And and, and if I could, I want wanted to share this. And I, I understand, and I, I guess we'll be cognizant of what, you know, I, I want to be careful of how I mention this, but we're talking real. And I think this is, you know, it's an important point to bring here that when I was younger, I remember, um, uh, I broached the subject with my mother about uh, having um, nocturnal emissions, you know, cert- wet dreams. Mm-hmm. My mother, you know, uh, as I don't think it's odd, you know, a Christian woman, a woman of faith, she just said, when that happens, that's a sin or something to that effect. Okay. It was it was just something to that effect, and but very uneasily that was sort of, and that was the extent of a conversation around, Let's say sex, sexuality, anything like that, mm-hmm. and I, I mention that because I, I think sometimes what happens is we get very spiritual when it's a natural issue, mm-hmm. and when there's that disconnect, the enemy also thrives in that. Right. Uh, so, so there's a there's a there's a secrecy and a shame, and then not knowing. And 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 I and I really want to talk to mothers who might be listening. Uh, mm-hmm who feel as though, well, I'm doing everything I can and I'm a mom and a dad, but the the bottom line is I think the mom can be the best she can. But that role of of, a father now saying, okay, these are the things that are going on in your body and this is how you navigate it. Right, right. And so often, I think young men, we have not had true and 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 at least a plethora of, Mentors who can guide us through the maze of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And the enemy has had a field day with
0: that. Right.
1: A field day.
0: Right. 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 And you can look at somebody even, and, and I'm just imagining like in, in reading your story and having the, the, the background that I know, you know, from, from just, you know, reading your story, um, you experienced some things early, you know, very early sexually. I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff mm-hmm. that you, you, you asked for, you ain't know, you, you're a kid, right? You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're growing up. And so you're, you're being shaped and formed in, in, into a different, Um, in a different way. Right. And had God not intervened when he did how he did and, and and done what he did, then, you know, who knows what, where you could be right now. Right. And as I look at people and, and even this book has helped me to understand better and, and look through a different lens, like to these young men that we see who are just totally clearly confused right? Mm-hmm. We don't have 100% of the facts on anyone's life to be able to say, oh boy, just act like a boy. You know what I mean? Or just <laughs> you acting yeah. like, a, you know, you don't even understand the, the identity crisis that's happening um, and what certain folks are growing up under or in or exposed to. And so I think you're, you're right, like in having those conversations and not being so spiritual that you can't, that you can't see what's right in front of you. Exactly.
1: And you know, Serena, I would say, you know, you said something you said that are clearly confused. I think there's, it's almost like the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. I, I think growing up in America as a man of color, you're going to have an identity crisis. And that's going to manifest differently i want to be i want to be very clear about that
0: because
1: I'm not saying it's and it never always manifests the same right but there there comes an identity crisis, even if you do have both your parents in the house because your ideas of masculinity will also be shaped by culture, by the media, by what you see around you, by what you think, whether it's how many, you know, uh, women I could sleep with. I mean, that, that all of that's going to play into it as well. But especially if you don't have in the home that guy, that person that can say, I've been through that. Let me show you what that is. I experienced that feeling. We're not going to stop there. <laughs> you know, let's, let's walk you through it. Um... And so, yeah, I mean, I would just say that even the ones that aren't clearly or outwardly seeming, they are still inwardly questioning who am I, yeah, you know what does it mean to be a man- look all around you, look at the messages that we're seeing displayed culturally i mean this is a this is a c- this is a question and a crisis of masculinity right. um how you know, and it's no condemnation, but we have to talk facts how how can I have four women? you know that i have children with four different women and, and i'm not involved in any of children's lives
0: right. That's, right
1: that's that's doesn't make you a bad person it's a crisis of of ma- of masculinity
0: mm. um absolutely
1: and and i think what has happened all the more is that in light of the fact that one you know there's there is the, the issue of fatherlessness that has to be spoken to. And secondly, because even in places like the church where you would hope it could get addressed, we're focused on pointing out sin rather than dealing with why people do what they do.
0: Right, right.
1: And that drives people further into their cave.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, definitely.
1: You know, and that, that that opens up a whole nother, you know, can of worms.
0: Yeah no you're you're so you're so right um and, and the the focus is on the outward right yeah. the focus is on the outward and it's almost like if you can outwardly look the part then you must be okay and it, it it is the polar opposite of what God does anyway. I mean, because man looks at the outward. God is looking at the heart, right? God is looking right. at um, our inward parts. And we spend, I think you even quote, or you you say something in the book about um, how you had gotten to the point, I believe, about chasing outward success to mask uh-huh. insecurities.
1: And the insecurities, yes. So,
0: so. Yes, yes. And those inward insecurities; those are the things. Those are the things that are um, that. That's where the work. That's really where the work is. So, in in bringing you guys up to speed, you know, when we talked last time, we talked about Daryl and um, and his accomplishments. Certainly, you know, the Morehouse and um, graduating from Harvard and 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 passing the bar. I mean, he failed and then he passed. Um,
1: that's but right. Come back swinging. <laughs>
0: but a travel wrote his first book at like what 18 or 19 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so has done a, 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 a fun, has a phenomenal resume. And um, what I like about Comeback Swinging is how you talk about how everything kind of came to a head um, after, you know, the, the, the whole federal case, um, mm-hmm. which we're going to dive into a little bit. Um, but after, after that happened, it was like you were forced to now deal with the man in the mirror after growing mm-hmm. up and having to live all of these different lives. You were, you almost were. You had this great expectation to be something that you were not, something that you were not feeling. Like you talked about being a leader in the class, so you can't do what other boys do because you're the leader. You can't do what the other, with the with the step brothers and sisters are doing because you're the oldest. You can't do what they're doing because you're the you're the church boy, you know. And you can't be that because of this. And Lord knows that's a lot of confusion.
1: Absolutely, it's an identity crisis.
0: You, oh my God! <laughs> so when you when you when you talk about coming, you know, getting everything happening with the with the um, with the federal case, and then you having to to spend that time in prison, mm-hmm. it was like God rescuing you and returning you to you.
1: <laughs> That's, That's a good way of looking at it. I I, I I never thought of those words quite like that. But you're you're exactly right. Um, It was a lot of stripping down to the core uh, because I feel like we spend so much of life getting things, you know, getting accomplishments, getting degrees, getting jobs, professions, titles, you know, and all of those things are wonderful, I think, and I think they have their place. But one thing that experiences like a prison will do uh, is to put into perspective, who am I really? Right. Right. Like the grave, you can't really take too much with you, Mm. (laughs) you know. Um, It is like a death. I mean, I don't mean, I'm not being melodramatic when I say that. You can't take anything with you, really, you know, and anything that you do take with you is getting stripped off and changed out anyway. So all of that stuff that uh, I was putting my value in and my worth in and my identity in, I really came to question, not immediately, I mean, I want to be clear on that. I mean, for for those people that go and read the book, you'll see this was not an immediate thing. This was not day one, the cell door is locked. And day two, I'm having this transformative, you know, experience. It took some time and I am still coming back swinging. I am still coming to grips with certain aspects of my life and myself Mm -hmm. that I'm just not happy with. Um, I'm more self-aware now than I've ever been. I can... Be honest with myself and say, this is where I am on a scale from 1 to 10 in this area of my life, and I don't like it. And in that way, I think I have an advantage because a lot of people, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, he's really struggling. And I told him, I said, see, the wheels haven't fallen off for you yet. So you still think you can manage the way you've been managing. And how many of us do that, Serena, where we're in a relationship, we know it's not working, but it's not, it hasn't completely taken us. We're in some level of, you know, uh, I won't even use the word addiction, but habit, but it hasn't completely torn us asunder. So we we can lie to ourselves and say, I can make it. But when you have certain experiences like I went through, you have to come to the realization, okay, something went wildly wrong. And I think at that point, as Jesus said to the blind man, I mean, to to the Pharisees, if you said you were blind, then I could have given you sight. Right. Since you refuse to admit you have
0: an issue, I can't Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with you 100%.
1: You know, and, and my, one of the reasons why I wrote the book, Serena, is that I wanted people to... Be free. Um, I wanted people to understand that you are not alone. Maybe even if you seem alone in how your identity crisis manifested or how your insecurity manifested, you're not alone in that it has manifested. And as we provide more spaces and places for people to be honest about what it is that God has transformed in their life and is transforming we then have the ability for real true transformation I, I, I that's why i wrote the book for transformation it's not even about inspiration as much because we get we, we 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 love inspirational messages we love the motivational speeches we love to get hype but then we go back to our houses and we're still screwed up Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I know we say we bless them, we highly favor, but let's keep it real. Like when the lights go off, there are places in our lives where we feel like this is jacked all the way up. And because we never dealt with it. Right. There's no freedom.
0: You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. And, and you know what I was, um. it's so funny. We're talking about this today. I was, I was talking to uh, a young lady who I am coaching right now at this time. And I'm really, I'm, I'm more mentoring her. And we were walking through some things in terms of identity, right? And I was sharing with her um, that, you know, just a, a few years ago, right? I had to come to terms with my own Identity crisis, right? Because, like you, as a younger person, it was I, I always felt like, oh, you know, give it to Rini. Rini could do it, you know. Oh no, she know all the lines. No, she's the most responsible. You know what I mean? Like I was at in second grade. Uh, well, my brother, me, my brother had an accent when we were younger. Well, kind of, it was my fault. We were playing church one day, and um, I got mad because I think I wanted to be the preacher or I wanted to be the person to shout. He said no. And I threw an ink pen across the room and it stabbed him in the eye, right? And in his left eye. And and, and I mean, he was maybe four. He was four, I was like six. And my brother till today is actually blind in that eye, right? He can only see like shadows, or whatever. Wow. And so um, I remember, you know, when as we were growing up, it never stopped him from like playing and stuff like that. But as we got into school, he used to wear a contact in his eye um to help him see. But he was wild. We were in New York at the time too. He was wild. He was a wild little boy. And second grade, that my mom sent us a note to the school. And you know, when his contact would move around in his eye, I was the one. They would send him to my class. They would come get me. And I would go wash my hands, get the, the eye stuff and, you know, put it in the, in the solution, second grade and fix it. And I would say, now, Teddy, you, you need to be careful. You know, I'm like little mom already wow. with all this responsibility. Right. And then as I grow up, like there are other things happening. I can, you know, um, I, I used to play the keyboard by ear. I played by ear. Totally. I used to turn on John P. Key, but we had this little tiny keyboard in my house and I started playing, And my dad noticed that I can play. And long story short, the more I played, the more I was rewarded, right? So now we got a bigger uh-huh. keyboard and the bigger keyboard. Now I'm really playing, right? And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And we went from there to having a, a room where my brother had drums and I had a keyboard. Then we had a band and my dad's friend and his two kids, they were in the band. And then we played at the Apollo and then we were traveling a new birth gospel band and it was all these kids and we were just playing music. and um, and so I was constantly rewarded to the point where I felt like that's what I needed to feel important you know what I mean to feel the thing that was giving me value and it, it was so deep that um, my dad like the way our driveway was set up after we moved to, um, to Pennsylvania the way the driveway was set up we had a, a organ in the front in the living room and I remember like I would see my dad coming home from work and I would run and jump on the organ as if I've been practicing all day like in Summertime, <laughs> I would run and jump. Wow. On him. I want him to see me practicing. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew that that made him happy, and I knew that that changed the mood in the house. And so I had taken on this responsibility that nobody gave me. Right? Nobody gave this to me. But this is something that I was doing. I to live for that applause. Like I need to do a good job. I need to do a good job, and I was so celebrated by doing good things that when i was doing when i didn't have when i felt like i wasn't doing anything it was a it was a direct hit to how valuable i am you know what i'm saying like and And so, I mean, that played all the way up until years ago, like a few years ago, it, it, it started to come to a head for me. I had done so much in business, plaque enterprise, essence, after all that, made lots of money, did lots of things. And it came to a point where I wasn't running a business. I wasn't doing what I was accustomed to doing, which were all accomplishments. And these accomplishments make me feel valuable. Now, some of it, of course, you know, is flowing out of a pure place. I'm an entrepreneur at heart, right? So there's this line. Though that it's, it's, I get it. Yes. Blurred. and so I'm like, you know, am I living for the applause? Or am I supposed to be doing this? And so now I'm confused and it, and, and it all came to head. One day I had a, a client I was working for and we had a meeting and I had just come off of a dry season, like no business, nothing really going. I was home with the kids and I was itching to get back out and do something, right? And I had this client, we were supposed to meet for this meet, and I got all dressed up and I put my lipstick on, I was ready to go, you know, do Serena and I got my coffee in the car and and my client called and was like oh you know what actually we're just going to have the meeting with me and this one and this one you don't have to drive all the way up here to it was like an hour away and I'm like oh no don't worry about it I'm out you know it's good and he's like oh no 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 it's okay we're going to have the meeting without you Daryl I got off that phone and cried Uh... because that meeting meant that I'm important it meant that I I have value. Do you, you see what I'm saying?
1: I get it, and that's you know, that's a very that's very self aware for you to to get that. A lot of people never come to that place. They never come to the place of understanding that line between when we're doing as a fruit and when we're doing as a sense of identity.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's, that's, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. We, and you know what, when you said that, it made me think that bleeds over into our relationship, not just with people, but with God. Oh yeah. So everything we feel like is about what we do. We do, we do, we do, we do. And the focus becomes on do and not on being, yep. uh, you know, something else you said that I, I thought was very interesting was how you, you and thanks for sharing that about your brother. And nobody would think it's weird that because this circumstance happened at four years old, you know, you said basically his, his eye, you know, something hit, struck his eye, that now even maybe even for the rest of his life, he would not be able to see out of that eye because we think physically that makes sense. Oh, it happened at four, but this is something. But when we get to mental, psychological, and emotional issues, it's like it's hard for us to really wrap our minds behind but, well, why are you still dealing with that?, yeah. you know what I mean? You, we we would never say that to the person who has a physical ailment. Well, why are you still dealing with that? when we t- we're told well, this happened as a child, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. but there are there, it, it just as there are physical things that are unlocked in our past, there are psychological, there's emotional, there's 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 there's, there's identity, there's spiritual, relational issues that are unlocked. And if we're not cognizant, they shape the way that we uh, see the world and we move about the world for the rest of our lives. I don't think we ever get to that place of really dealing with those things because we, I think we tend to think that's either uh, uh, we just kind of get over it or in the case of the church, well, once you get saved, all that's going to go to the side. So... uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting that that place of uh, just being aware, because that's really the common thread I get from, from what you shared just now, the awareness of not just your history of your life, but how that's showing up now.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It was it. it was eye opening for me, and I and I thank God even for you know that I had enough sense to invest in um in coaching and stuff like that because my coaches helped me tremendously work through a lot of things. I'm talking about recently dealing with things that were you know really things planted as a child. You know what I'm saying, and and being able to work through that stuff. But you said it um that it impacts the way you relate to God, right? Because uh-huh. Come with like okay. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? God, mm-hmm. should I do more? Do I sing louder? Shout more? You know what I mean? Like, and he's mm-hmm. like, no, like none of that is necessary here.
1: None of that.
0: <laughs> it's just be, uh, and and so a lot of my personal um, work over the last, I would say, the last three years or so, um, has been about learning how to just be. And, and here's my other thing. After I had, you know, after going through that and, and working toward the, you know, working for the approval, it was really the approval. I wanted to hear, good job, good job, good job, because that's what made me feel good. Mm. And so when I wasn't hearing good job, I'm questioning myself. So now add to that, I had twins at 17, right? And what people don't realize about that whole teenage Uh, having a baby that young, I basically stopped growing up at 16. Do you understand? So I went from flopping on the couch to being somebody's mom, right? So there was no like train. You don't grow into being, (laughs) it's just it, it. One day I was a kid and the next day I got mad responsibility. And so I, I, all through my twenties and then add to my life was kind of accelerated because then I ended up doing extremely well in business and people are celebrating me for this, but I'm like still inside a kid. You you understand what I mean? Because I'm still trying to figure out like, how how do I, how do I do this? What do I like? I've been a mom my whole life. Like that's how it feels. So I had become now defined by being a mom. Then I was defined by being a business owner. Then I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm defined by accomplishments. So wait, who am I again? <laughs> wait, wait. That's how- right back to who I am. And that work is so, so important. And here's the thing, like we talked about on the last podcast about the creator of a thing determines the purpose of a thing, right? And and yeah. and even in my book, I had to realize what I had to do was turn myself in to the one that created me because only he could really reveal to me what it is I'm supposed to be doing right now. That's and right. who I am, because I really don't know. That, that was the, 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 at the end of the day, I don't know, Lord, <laughs> who I am. I don't know who I am. And,
1: you know, I think when you come to that place, yeah, that's probably, and I talked about this in the book, that there was a point where I just realized maybe I don't know anything that I thought that I knew. And that was the beginning really of something wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's a journey that I'm still on. Um, because when The the beginning of wisdom, I know it said, is fear of the Lord, but it's also that humility. And the scripture is clear about that, that coming like a child. I don't know, you know, because what do children always do? They're always asking questions, asking questions, asking questions. And I think when you come to that place where you say, maybe I don't know what I thought I knew. Maybe I don't know what's been taught to me. Maybe what's been taught to me is wrong, (laughs) even though I love the people who taught it to me. But maybe it's wrong. maybe because of, maybe just because I needed that way to survive in the past or move in certain environments in the past, maybe that's not the correct way. And um, I think so many times, you know, we uh, you know, I was thinking the other day about that scripture. It's, it's been in my heart a lot where um, the disciples are talking about fasting. And Jesus is talking about wine, so it's like, "Wait a minute, this is a disconnect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, like what you know what are you talking about? They're talking about fasting and 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 actually, I believe they came to him and said, "You know why don't they fast?" And Jesus says, "You can't put new wine in the old wine skins uh- uh-huh. uh-huh. and even though it seemed like they were talking about two different things, they're talking about the same thing, yeah, what Jesus is talking about is... Instead of you're, you're trying with a new, you're, tr- you're trying with old norms to gain a new way. Mm-hmm. And I had this revelation that I feel like so oftentimes we pray for wisdom, but we need to ask for a new mindset. Yeah. Because you got wisdom, you got a tip, you got a word of revelation, but because you're working off of old customs, old norms, old cultures, old paradigms, it really hasn't been fruitful for you. Oh, yeah. So it, it's coming to that place of realizing I need a change. Um, it's a good place. I mean, it's a place that I'm definitely at. And I'm constantly finding myself back at, like, yeah. how did that happen? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I don't know if you're like this, Serena, but I'm one of those, the older I get, you know, the more I'm like, there'll be things that don't happen in my life. I may not say it out loud to other people, but inwardly I'm like, hmm, where did that come from? You know? <laughs>
0: Yep, the, the awareness piece. I think you said it, and and I'm so glad that I know what I know now, um, oh. because I know what to guard against, and I yeah. know what to look out for, and um, and again, I have people around me now that are holding me accountable in that place. And uh, here, here's something funny. And I'll tell you this: this is recently, and and come on now, you know, I'm no shame in my game. That's why I got the podcast, right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I was working with my coach and we were talking about um, a speaking engagement and we were, we were having a coaching session. And I'm like, I, at that point I was frustrated. I'm frustrated with um, the the income I was producing and just, I've just felt like things were going slow and it was just not feeling right. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm just getting, I'm getting anxious and angry because I feel like I should be further along by now. Like I, this is mm-hmm. taking too long. And my coach said, Oh, how you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. And I I just wanted to just be fine. And now I got the kind of coach that's not going to go for that. And as we begin to talk, he started to, we started to expose these two different Serenas that like this, this Serena that doesn't want to die easily. And that's the one that lives for applause and approval. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. Um, Because she still tries to resurrect herself, right? And we were talking about a speaking engagement. And he said, and if you go in there to that speaking engagement, because you can't even answer my questions, he said, I'm going to tell you who wants your speaking engagement. 12-year-old Serena wants your speaking engagement so that she can feel important. Whether you make a dime or not, you just want them to applaud and you want to hear good job. Uh you you're not building a business <laughs> you are you are you're going for the applause that's a deep. and i'm like oh, okay you right and and it was so true, and it was like i i i I know I need to guard against that Now it's not something i look it, and 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 here's the other thing Daryl and I know you can appreciate this when you're all when you're naturally when God has naturally gifted you right. There, there is a struggle there. <laughs> there is a struggle. Oh, and it's not like you, you have to be aware of it and you have to humble yourself and you got to stay in God's face so that he is always the one getting the glory that is. And it is, it is a place of, um, of humility. Like you got to stay connected with him. Um, especially when you just flow so easily. You oh, know? absolutely.
1: You know, and when I hear people say, you know, I don't have those issues of getting, you know, conceited or thinking better myself, I'm thinking to myself, that's because you never really found your element. Because (laughs) when you find your element, and you're right, it's effortless, you're floating, it just comes, and people notice it because they notice the gift. The gift of God is irrevocable. They don't care what you might be doing personally, that gift, and you're right, it becomes so it, it becomes so hard. And you know, that also makes me think of something else. The importance of understanding the difference between you and your gift.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. we spent so much time talking about developing the gift. And I think that's important and developing the talents. But when they are applauding you, I came to recognize through dark places, they ain't applauding you. They applauding your gift. How about that? Cause let them find out something about you that they don't like. Right. Because the, the, the people that are connected to you, no matter what you do, they're connected with. Yeah. Even if you, you see what I mean, how many people can you say are like that in your life? Right. Well, with all of us, that's very few. And so I think that's the other issue that comes with, you know, everybody's gifted, but knowing your gifts and flowing in your gifts is that it becomes this illusion that when the applause comes, it's for you. It's for how great you are and special and unique and wonderful you are. But the truth of the matter is they are applauding, even if they don't recognize it, the gift that God has placed on the inside of you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But oh.
1: yeah, but if you're not careful, you haven't taken care of the person, you took care of the gift, but when the person fails, how effective can the gift be?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, and I, you're so, you're so right. And I, and I, I am grateful to God. I'm so serious. I'm grateful to God every single day. Um, because I, I believe that, um, folks like i mean both of us we we do very similar work and um god uses us in, in in similar ways in the arenas at times right and i'm so glad that he has such careful care for us you know he knows he he knows ultimately and and it's a difference between um being wanting to be out front and being called to the front you understand oh. and i find myself often like like feeling like joseph some like yo i didn't ask for the coat or the dream (laughs) <laughs> right? And there are people who misunderstand that. Like there's, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have this, I want to, I got to be out front. I just want, I'm called to the front and there's a difference. And when I'm aware of who I am and where my limits are, and when I am um, in right standing and I know that I am and I know that my life is submitted to glorifying God, then we all good. It's when, when I go back into childhood and start working, for the applause that we get into a problem, but there's no doubt that we are, we are people that are called to the front and, and that's a different, (laughs) that's not something you ask for. It, it just, it is what it is and, And the fact that God will take his time developing us, and he's so wise because he won't give you more than you can handle. And he's allowed us, both of us, early, very early. I mean, we're both still under 40, y'all. Y'all listening to two old folks talking right now. (laughs) We're two old folks that have accomplished probably more than some people will accomplish in their whole life before 40 right and that's not by mistake god knew what what we needed and he knows what it takes to ultimately get what he needs to get out through us that's right and back to a quote that you said in the book extraordinary blessings come with immense responsibility
1: and it and it comes with a burden you know (laughs) people get me when they talk about what they they i I stop you know you got to be very careful what you ask for because with every blessing, you're right, it comes a responsibility, but there's also there's a there's a burden with that. Definitely. You know, you you alluded to it before when you talked about how you were good on the keyboard and they got you to organ. And and I learned something early on. The way that people reward you for solving problems is by giving you another problem. Right. <laughs> you know, so so it doesn't stop. You know, so so when you have when you're working and walking in your gifting at an early age, people expect more of you. Yeah. People see, uh, they have unrealistic expectations, not everybody, but generally it becomes unrealistic expectations because the focus is on the gift, not the person. And then you try to live up to that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and instead of stepping back, to recognize and realize, okay, wait a minute, <laughs> you yeah. know, this is the gift. This is not the person. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and you're right. The responsibility co- aspect comes in into the sense of, you know, what are you going to do with it?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because the the enemy. It, I think what sometimes we think of responsibility. We think of the responsibility of the gift as to give back, and I think it's some of that but a responsibility in how we live. See, I didn't recognize that at first because you're not the only one that recognizes your gift and people that love you aren't the only ones that recognize your gift. The enemy knows that too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So the enemy will start early. I got to confuse this person early. (laughs) You know what I mean? I got to put some stuff in their life early. I can't, I can't, the enemy cannot stop the growing of the wheat, but he can sow the tears early. And so before you know it, you're, you, you, you have all of these other things going on. He can't touch the gift, but you got all types of insecurities. You got all types of issues. You got stuff relational. You got stuff going on internally. That that's where now the enemy thrives in that space. So the responsibility on how to live comes into to play, because the enemy knows what God can do with that gift, but he also knows if I can destroy the person, then the, the that gifting at least will die with the person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just keep them so confused, keep them so confused that they know, they don't know what to do. I don't know why. What that is. At first, I thought that was me. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, am I getting a call? But yeah, you're you're so right that if, if he can't stop the gift, but he certainly will try to slow you down, oh, um, and 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 overwhelm you with life. And, and that just takes us right back to how we left off in our, in our last conversation. Remember when we were talking about um, the process of unbecoming. And that's mm-hmm. basically what we're talking about here today. Like I had to get to the place where I recognized that life was shaping and molding me into someone that God did not intend for me to be. And I had to get to, I had to come to that place where I had to realize that the journey is not about becoming. It's not about chasing and going and attaining and obtaining and, you know what I mean? And grinding and hustling. It's not about that. It's more about unbecoming what's not really you so that you can be who God intended for you to be in the first place. And so, what you hear us talking about today is that process of unbecoming. And for those listening, I don't know how early the seeds were sown. um, And it it doesn't even matter how early. The the great thing is that every single day you have an opportunity um, to turn yourself into the creator. Like, you know what I mean? What if there's breath in your body? that means that there's still an opportunity and that don't avoid because avoidance is not a strategy. And that's what I tried to do for a long time, just avoid how I'm feeling or avoid all, you know, all of it. And I realized that that was getting me nowhere. Um, and, and just in talking to you, Daryl, all I, the, the theme is God is just so gracious and merciful. Isn't he all like, And he's just so incredible because he knows exactly what we need. He knows how we need it and he knows when we need it. And I I believe for myself and you, you can tell me if this is true for you, but I know for me personally, where I am now, and, 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 and this was a word that God definitely spoke to my spirit years ago. He said, Serena, what you had done to date was like day changing. You know what I mean? Like you, somebody heard you and said, "Oh my God, I had a great day. I just heard Serena speak." He said, "But what I want to do in you is life changing." Mm, and mm. I had to be willing to 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 hold on and let God do the work that needed to be done in me. You know, so that so that when when He uses me this time, when He uses the healed serena the the right. one that is aware of her limitations the one who is totally and completely relying and depending on god then it's life changing yeah that, it's an encounter
1: that's so good and 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 healing serena and healing you know that that consistent thing we are all you know i know people say no that sounds like me oh i know we all say um it's, we're a work in progress, but it is so true. I think as we are, I don't think we have to be honest with, ev- actually, I don't think you should tell everybody what you're working through, because then that's where discretion has to come in. Mm-hmm. But I think as we are transparent about the fact that we're all healing in certain areas. In some cases, if there is a healing, that it's done. But I feel like even in that, there's something else that God has been showing. Okay. And you're right. I think to be life-changing, it takes that ability. Um, I feel like that's where we've gotten lost. Not just, I'm not even going to blame it. I'm not going to lay all this at the church's feet. I think even with social media, because we're so image conscious. So everybody's perfect all the time. You know, they're always happy. They're always smiling. Their relationship is great and wonderful. I'm surprised there's ever even divorce because let social media tell it, everything you're doing is wonderful. And because we never come to the place where we're honest and say, you know what, I'm struggling here. I'm hurting here. I'm jacked up here. I'm, I'm saved and I'm sanctified and all that, but I still got an attitude problem. Mm-hmm. or I'm still dealing with this from my my past. Mm-hmm. And I think when we come to that place, I know for me, Part of the reason why I wrote the book is that I really wanted people to take inventory of their own lives. So I shared what I shared freely, not so much so people can have an opinion on my life. Because look, my life is my life, and most of the people that don't read the book will never even lay eyes on me. So that's just someone else's opinion. But I want want the person that's reading to think: How is this showing up in my life? Yeah. Where are the places that I need? I won't say broken because we have a visceral reaction, at, but where I'm hurting, where I need healing, where I'm feeling challenged. Because I think when we do that, that's when the real transformation happens.
0: That's it. That's it. That's it. Because you can't overcome what you won't confront. That's the bottom line. Um, And- I think your book does a beautiful job um of of just providing that that safe place I mean because the way that you share and the transparency I couldn't help but see myself like oh my goodness you know what I mean like yeah. whoa you know that 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 learning how to be two different people it was it was real real like I get right. it you know trying yeah so I, I'm just so glad, um, Dar. I mean, we can, You and I could probably do a whole series of shows. I could do a 18 part inter- interview because we could <laughs> um, <laughs> all day and all night. But I, I am grateful. Um, I'm grateful to God for you, sir, and for your life and for what He is doing through you. Um, I definitely wish you continued success. I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to do plenty more work together in the in the in the future. I am I am um I, I am grateful. I'm so glad that um you didn't hold out on on this particular project. And and there's more. And and listen, here's what I believe the best is still yet to come. You know, what's coming is greater than than what's been. But I'm I'm so glad to 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 know you and to have you in my life and certainly um honored to be able to um to have this conversation with you today, sir.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Serena. I really, and I appreciate you inviting me. And for all those that are listening, you know, I just want you to know that uh, it's okay to, and it's probably best to come to that place where you recognize this is where I need help. Because in that cry for help, in that call for help, that's when you can really begin to take inventory of your life. And that's when you can begin to Enter into authentic relationships with people, uh, an authentic relationship with God, an authentic relationship even with yourself. That's where the real freedom is. That's where the real freedom is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that is it. We are going to end this conversation here, but again, I thank you and I'm sure that you were blessed by the conversation. Be sure to leave us a comment and let us know uh, what you think and all of Daryl's contact information is available in the show notes. So you'll be able to um, follow him on social media, check him out and get over to Amazon today, download that book and allow it to minister to you. Have a good one. You see there, I told you you were in for a treat. Was that incredible or what? I am sure that there was something said today that has you really, really thinking. And here's the deal. You can head right over to my website. And I have so many good things for you, like specifically for you. Uh, We have a community of like-minded, faith-focused individuals that are ready to wrap their arms around you and welcome you. And I mean, we have freebies and goodies and all kinds of things. So head on over to SerenaThomas.com and that's where you can continue this conversation with us and really engage further, okay? And then also, if you are listening to this podcast today and you are like, girl, This is exactly what I needed. I need to know that. Okay, so send me a message. Certainly head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Make sure that you are subscribed or following this channel so that you're the first to know when new episodes are loaded. I'm so glad you took the time to join us. And listen, don't be stingy. I know you have a family, friend, or follower that needs this today. So take a screenshot, post it, girl, or just share it. But I enjoyed every moment of it, and I can't wait to connect with you again next week on the BMW Life Podcast. Talk to you soon.